Bill and Bob's Bracket Busting Bonanza. I'm Bob. I'm here with Bill. What's going on, Bob? Uh, Bill, we're in the East Region, which is the lower west hand, lower left hand side. It's a little confusing. East is on the west side, but um, we're here. And Baylor, East, East plays West. Baylor is the number one seed in this region. Uh, potential championship uh, rematch looming, potentially in the Final Four, if they and Gonzaga advance. Um, let's start there. Baylor, the number one. They're taking on the number sixteen, Norfolk State. Yeah, I don't think Baylor's going to have any problems with the um, with their first game. Baylor's a different team than they were last year, but they're still so well coached, and they still do a lot of the same things. Very, very right. Um, I think that it's just you saw this year they have some flaws and they can be beaten. Oklahoma figured out the the formula, um, which actually, so I think we're both in agreement. Baylor will will win in the first round but i think if you look at the number ones i'm not i'm sure you don't actually agree with this one but if you look at the number ones i think baylor has the toughest road to hoe um in order to get to the final four i don't see um i don't see an off game or a game where i say like well baylor has this one easy coming up for them in the round of 32 in the sweet 16 no matter who they play and uh and then afterwards what I will say is uh, I actually think it's the top half of this region that gives Baylor the m- most amount of trouble. I think the bottom half of this region could get blown up a little bit. But in the top, hand, uh, top half of it, whether it's um, – I, I think North Carolina advance, I think they could give them trouble. I think St. Mary's could give them trouble. Um, if Indiana or Wyoming, Wyoming, they are both talented in their own right. Um, UCLA, uh, obviously a team that um, – is a four seed, but they're, I think, underseeded when you consider that some of their losses came from injuries um, and COVID pauses. Uh, so, yeah, I think the top half, I think if Baylor can navigate their way to the Elite Eight, I think they get to the Final Four, but I think getting it to the Elite Eight is going to be a challenge for them. Uh, I do want to say thing, one quick thing against Norfolk, about Norfolk State. Um, it was 10 years ago that Norfolk State was a 15 seed in the tournament, and they upset the number two seed, Missouri. Was that the deep three in the corner pocket to end it? Uh, I'm trying to remember that the not, end of that game. I think it was, and the it was the the coaches. It's that great highlight of the coaches, uh, the the players uh, grabbing the coach and hugging him from behind and kind of dragging him all over the court. Uh, you're, it, you could be right, but um, that was what I came I think across. That, I think that was the one. I, I I do actually know. I've seen a Norfolk State game. Um, they have Joe Bryant. He is um, a very talented guard. I think he's the best free throw shooter in the country this year at 92. percent uh, from the free throw line, he's got, I think, close to 150 free throws taken on the year. Um, so he gets at a free throw line quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, if, if if Norfolk State hangs around, it's going to be on the back of him. But Baylor, um, has, a, uh, Baylor has a lot of talent. Um, just to kind of further them a little bit here, um, they have Flagler, who is a guy who could just score uh, just and get by guys so well on the offensive end um and the other thing that i came across was akinjo he's um another talented baylor guard he's been around quite a bit was at georgetown um i think he was at arizona state not arizona 
um, but he's at his like third or fourth different school. But um, the season when he's on the floor, as far as forced turnovers, that like twenty five percent rate when he's on the floor. Um, they could he could yeah, tend to be a little erratic. The problem with Akinjo is he turns the ball over himself more than you'd exactly. really like to have your point guard turn the ball over. Um, yeah, he does. He does give you five point seven assists a game, but the turnovers are there. He's, he averages over three turnovers a game, which is not something I love to see from guards in the NCAA tournament. They um, they don't have the kind of three point shooting team, with the exception of Cryer. Um, Flagler can shoot it, I guess, from three as well. But they don't have the same type of three point shooting team they had last year, where they had what was it, five guys who were forty percent. Yep. And Cryer, it looks like uh, I, I don't think there's any sign of him playing just yet, so I'm not sure we're going to see him um, just yet. What I like yeah, about Baylor I, is actually is when they run Shohan, um, kind of they let him bring the ball up the court because I think he's a multifaceted player who um, you know gives them a variety of different looks. Yeah, he's he's first or second in the team in rebounding. Yeah, uh, right. very talented freshman. Him and. Um, and we oh, watched Mayer deal. last year, uh, a good player who can get really hot, as he proved in the tournament last year. Long. So, I mean, yep. they, they've got they've got shooters, they've got players, but they don't have the same type of guys that they had last year. Yeah, and they have they have injuries too. Um, a couple guys went out for the year with them and Cryer being hurt also. Um, but Baylor still managed to get the number one seed. Uh, let's go down to the 8-9 game. Uh, North Carolina out of the ACC uh, and Marquette out of the Big East. So two big conference schools here. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what your feelings are on Marquette. You've seen them play more than I have. But I think North Carolina is is kind of, even though they didn't win the ACC tournament, has some really good wins down the stretch. They're getting hot at the at the right time of the year where you'd like to see them hot. And I think Baylor has to look at this um, draw that they got and think, oh my God, how did we possibly get matched up with North Carolina possibly in the second round? Um, Armando Beco is, uh, is, is a monster inside. Absolute monster. It's like 17 and almost 13 rebounds a game. Um, block some shots, 60% from the, uh, from the field and actually a decent free throw shooter at almost 70%. So, you know, it, I think they'll go about as far as he takes them. Yeah, and I think North Carolina, if if anything, they sh- could be motivated on the loss in last year's tournament. Um, yeah, they had a bad showing in the first round, if I remember correctly. So I think that's a little added motivation. No, they, third. they didn't even make it, right, Roy Williams? When uh, they, was it Roy's last year? Last year? I, I don't. I can't quite I, remember. Either way, um, they had a bad exit the last time they were yeah. in the tournament, which I think some of these guys were on that team. They're 37% from three as a team. So I think that UNC, um, uh, you're right, though. You said it all. But Baycott and the fact that they're peaking at the right time, I think they're going to be a tough matchup. I like them in this one. Um, Marquette's got Justin Lewis. Um, he was a, a four-star recruit, very good player. Um, the thing that stands out to me with Marquette is two things. Shaka has not been great in this tournament. Um, uh, 0 for 5 in his last five tournament appearances. I think his last win might actually be all the way back when he was at VCU. I don't think he ever got a tournament win at Texas. I could be wrong there. Um, but over the last eight games, 
they are three and five, but their three wins were against um, Georgetown, Butler, and St. John's. None were tournament teams, and this is the Big East who had seven teams get in. Yeah, um, I so, thought I frankly thought Marquette was um, seated a little. I, I didn't expect them as a nine seed. Oh, I, their their seating is probably buoyed on their two wins over Villanova. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Um, but even if you go beyond the eight games and you go to ten, then they're moved to four and six, where they had a win over Villanova, but a loss against Providence. So they they didn't finish strongly enough. Um, and yeah, like I said, Shaka's tournament record has not been great. So um, yeah, I think you have one team that's peaking at the right time and one team that is kind of heading in the other direction. So yeah. I like UNC here. Um, we said it in the last podcast, and I'll repeat it again in this one. Um, even though you've you've got the one seeds are good teams, um, they're not unbeatable like Gonzaga or Baylor was last year. So. This second round games, I really think you're going to see at least one number one seat go down. And my first thought is probably it's going to be Kansas in a different region. But I really would not be remotely surprised if um, if it ends up happening to Baylor. Um, now, adjusted metrics wise, Baylor has is number nine um, offensively, number fourteen in Kempom defensively. So that's a that's a huge boost for them. Uh, very important to have on, on a, in a game like this. But um, again, I just think North Carolina peaking at the right time. They have the talent and, um, and inside they can really be a nightmare. And, and, and really Baylor would need Flo Thamba, who was the backup center to stay out of foul trouble against Baycott because they had their injury to their starting big man. Uh, and you got to make your shots because North Carolina is not going to give up a lot of offensive rebounds. I 100% agree there. I think it's a very tough matchup. The cock uh, controls matchup. the boards. Yep, very tough matchup uh, awaiting Baylor in the second round um, if, as both of us believe, it would be North Carolina. Right, we have the, um, the 5-12 game. Uh, this is another... Uh, Tuesday or Wednesday game. Um, the bracket, of course, I'm looking at doesn't have the dates on it. But uh, Wyoming or Indiana uh, will move on and face the five seed of St. Mary's. Yeah, should be a very interesting game. Um, Indiana has has you know the the pedigree um, playing in the Big Ten and uh, having having matched up against a lot of people. Big Ten got nine teams in this year. I actually thought it was a down year for the Big Ten, truth be told, but they got nine teams in, so good for them. Um, the Indiana Trace uh, Jackson Davis is probably their best player. He's 18 points a game. Um, I, I actually like Wyoming in this game. Um, I was very happy they got in and uh, and happy to see them there. Um, they have two, two guys who I uh, put a little star next to. The first one is uh, Graham Ike. And he's the best player on their team. He's uh, almost 20 points a game and almost 10 boards a game. Um, 13 double doubles this year. He gets to his spots. Um, played really well in a lot of in a lot of games that they've had. And um, Hunter Maldonado um, is the other is another guy. Uh, he's a senior guard. He'll give him some some leadership. And uh, he's at uh, 18 and and six rebounds and six assists so it's a they've got a they've got an experienced good team i actually um i'm gonna be go ahead and pick wyoming to win this game 
Yeah, I, I will say this with Wyoming. The one thing that I came across was um, they actually have a very good home record, and it's because of Wyoming's um, – it, it's like playing in Colorado. They're the thin air um, where Maldonado had a quote, a quote that's circulating where he basically says he could tell within five minutes if the opponent is going to be able to hang with them because uh, whether they could handle the thin air or not. Now, It's like the Denver I mean, Nuggets have in the NBA have had that advantage before, yeah. That's a real exactly, thing. but in the, in this game, there you're not a home game, so um, yeah, so that, that that will certainly be a thing. Um, Indiana, uh, they're obviously Trace Jackson Davis could be one of the best players in this tournament. Um, you already said his name, uh, eighteen and eight, or you know maybe it's nineteen and nine, but they, this is a team that didn't finish strong. They were two and seven over their final nine. They're a very good defensive team, but offensively, it's really what uh, Trace Jackson Davis gets them. Um, I, I saw a few different talking heads basically think that Indiana shouldn't have been in this game as a 12. I'm not sure I see an 11 seed that they belonged um, to be over unless it was Rutgers or I guess you can make a case with Rutgers or Notre Dame. But either way, they'd be playing themselves in um, per se. But, yeah, I, I think this this is a really, really good game. Um, just I would have said Michigan, Graham, I, actually. I would have said Michigan because they beat Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, I believe. And so you 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 put that in, give them the ten seed, and make Michigan play the playing game. And Michigan's, but Michigan's strength of schedule is obviously Which, yeah. what carried them. Yeah, fourteen losses. You don't get in the tournament unless you play a good schedule. Exactly, um, but yeah, like you, you already t- you already touched on uh, Maldonado and on Ike. Maldonado is six seven guard. These are these are guys who can score against you know major conference teams. Um, so yeah, this this one should be a good one. Um, I actually think it's just really just a coin to coin toss game. Um, I actually don't see either one of them getting past St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's is uh, veteran guys. Uh, they have the size to match up. Um, and the usual yeah, St. Mary's thing where they have an international kind of yep. uh, flavor to their squad. And, and as good as Gonzaga was this year, um, Randy Bennett, the coach at, at St. Mary's, was actually the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Um, thing that stood out to me with St. Mary's is they don't really have a bad loss. Their worst loss was against Santa Clara, who was Ken Palm sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they lost Mary's to San Diego State, uh, Gonzaga twice. They, they have seven all teams losses, in the so tournament. They've, they've had some losses, but it's BYU who was just out of the tournament. Maybe like yep. next four out, probably. Um, Santa Clara, as you said, is their worst loss. And then the other ones, it's Wisconsin, but it was a close game. They held Wisconsin, a great scoring team, to 61 points. St. Mary's, uh, of note, top 10 um, adjusted defense from Kempom. Yeah. So you like to see uh, that in the tournament. They, they've got um, Cuse, uh, their guard, and um, Dukas, the other guard, can both shoot the three. Um, both are right around 40 and 45%. And um, another guy, Kyle Bowen, uh, comes off the bench, and he's a really good three-point shooter as well. Well, yeah, what I saw with St. Mary's, um, the few times I saw them play, was they're just they, they kind of just they play a little more like a major conference team because they have some size with um, with Bass inside, and then you had mentioned the two guards who who could shoot it well from outside. I'm I wasn't a huge. Um, advocate for St. Mary's coming into the tournament, but then when I looked at the seating, um, 
I was just like, oh, all right. Well, I'm not going to necessarily pick them to get knocked off in the first round. I think Wyoming and Indiana both present interesting matchups, but I do like St. Mary's to actually get to the round of 32. Yeah, I think they would beat. I think they'll beat Indiana if that ends up being the matchup because Indiana is very top heavy. But I think uh, a team like Wyoming will actually give St. Mary's a lot of problems, and it becomes a little bit more of a coin toss if if uh, we end up seeing Wyoming, uh, St. Mary's. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. But either way, uh, I think that they're a good team, and I, I expect uh, a good game in that um, round of 64. That's one to watch. That's a great 5-12 oh, yeah. matchup, no matter who it is. Definitely, and it's schools that I think you know people might be like, oh, St. Mary's, Wyoming is on, but these are the, those are three teams that can really play. Uh, even it, you know, you got to pick the right day for Indiana. But if you watch them defensively, they are very good. Coached by former Knicks coach uh, Mike Woodson. So, mm-hmm. um, bottom half of that little uh, pod there, uh, the number four UCLA um, and number thirteen Akron. So UCLA is my team that I think um, is. The their seed least reflects how good they are. I think UCLA is capable of beating any team in the country, um, as they proved last year. And I think that the problem that UCLA had this year, and the reason why they're a four seed, is because they had a lot of health problems, and they had a lot of um, they had guys go out with COVID, they had guys get hurt, and so they were not at full strength for large portions of the season. And now that they've got um, Johnny Juzang and uh, Jaime Haquez back. The, they make it makes for a very difficult um, matchup for really anybody. So I like UCLA in this game. I like UCLA in the next game as well. And um, and I think it, I think UCLA has the ability to easily has the ability to win this uh, region. Yeah, UCLA uh, certainly fits um, some of the metrics that I gave out on the West Pod um, as far as championship. They they are. Um, They're not only top 25 offensively and defensively. They're actually top 15 in both. Um, so they they're, they check those boxes. Um, Akron, on the other hand, um, just a guard. I, I don't – The zips. I, I don't see the upset here. I think UCLA is, is a team that it should take care of business. Um, now that they're fully healthy, Hawkes hadn't uh, – not Hawkes um, – Johnny Juzang had his ankle injury but did play in the in the packed – yeah, he came back twelve fighting. final. Yeah, and they yeah, and, and, and actually, truth be told, like, yeah, that Arizona team has been phenomenal all year. They're the clear number one and number two are yep. Arizona and uh, Gonzaga, based upon what they've done all year. And they played really well into the second half. And I think you saw guys get a little winded on the last day and the last in the the end of that tournament. But uh, UCLA had a ten point lead in the second half of that game. They ended up blowing that lead, but the, the, it showed me enough where. I think UCLA is for real again. I think if there's a reason they were a top three ranked team to start the season when they were at full strength, and I think we'll see them. I think that they, it's another reason why I say I think Baylor has the toughest um, uh, path to the Final Four of any number one seed because you've got North Carolina, and then waiting for you if you get past North Carolina is um, – most likely UCLA, but if not UCLA, a St. Mary's team that's a top 10 defensive team in the country. So it's it's going to yeah. be a very, very, um, very, very interesting uh, matchup. But yeah, I like I like UCLA over the Zips of Akron. If 
Yeah, and if Akron gives them the game, the, the name you're going to remember is Ali Ali. Uh, 39% from three averages um, just between uh, over 14 a game, uh, close to 15. So he's the, he's the guy you're going to be hearing about if, uh, this, if that game remains close. All right, the bottom half of the East region, we have number six, uh, Texas, versus number 11, Virginia Tech, who just won the ACC. So I know I'm going to be in the minority here, but I actually very much like Texas um, this year to win a couple games in this tournament. Um, I know a lot of people are picking Virginia Tech. I think Virginia Tech might might even be it might even be a pick 'em in the first round right now. It's the the line has moved significantly. It was like plus four, and now I think it's almost it's a plus one to to even a pick 'em. Um, but it, it I look is. at the I look at the Texas team, and I think they have they have enough talent, and I think they have one of the best coaches in the country now with Beard. That um, the the numbers you look at from a defensive perspective are no fluke. The problem that they have, and the problem that they've had all year, is they can go on these massive offensive droughts. But if they can turn guys over, and they can they can uh, uh, play at the tempo they want to play. They're very difficult out in the tournament this year. Um, from a player perspective, uh, again, like they're not—they're not, they're not going to wow you with any of the numbers. They don't have any great three-point shooters. They have a couple guys who are in the mid-30s, but all they need is one or two to get hot. And again, their their team is based off of being a great defensive team, not a not a necessarily an offensive juggernaut. Uh, Tim Allen would be the guy that I would point out. He's a forward for them. 12.3, six and a half boards. Uh, he's actually the name I would have mentioned, uh, having watched Texas play a few times. He, he hit it from outside, and he could score inside as well. Um, Rainey and Andrew Jones, two guards who have been there for um, their duration of their careers, uh, two guys who, like like you said, they, they have a few guys who are in the 30s from three-point range, could get hot. Um, I'm, I'm down on Texas. I, they didn't have a strong finish. Um they down the stretch they were like um i think something like three and four over their final seven and or maybe it was wind up being three and five because they took the first round exit to tcu in the big 12 tournament um like you said they they don't shoot the three ball consistently enough um one of their big men transferred out so they they lack size they go through these scoring droughts they i mean really their points have to come off um they have to be generated from defense first um but Virginia Tech, um, the coach is actually the coach who was at Wofford. Uh, Wofford got a win in the tournament um, a couple years ago against Seton Hall. Mike Young, so good coach. They had a strong finish before the ACC play. Um, they finished the, thir- the season 13-2, and two, uh, 39th uh, percent from three-point range on the season, or, or maybe it was in that span. Um, but... Over the final 15 games of the season, they were a top, I think, 15 team based off of how they were playing. So um, it's just a matter of whether it's burnout. You know what I mean? You played well in the ACC. Will, will they burn out or will that be able to carry kind of that shooting? Will that will that carry over? Uh, I do think Texas is the type of team that will run them off the, def- the three-point line a little bit. Um, but, yeah, this one could – it could be ugly, but um, I like Vatek just because I, I just I just Texas has left a sour taste in my mouth having watched them several times now. I suppose that's um, uh, that's reasonable. I again my my thing with Texas is 
uh, they're such a good defensive team, and they're so well coached that I, I see them playing better than you know. If if other teams make mistakes, I think Texas will be the team that type of team that takes advantage. And and you're not and you're not wrong there. Um, the actually uh, the one the game below it. Um, I don't think this is, is their upset special, but um, number three, Purdue, against number 14, Yale. The Ivy League finally back in the tournament after a one-year hiatus for their entire season. So uh, welcome back uh, the to the Ivy League um, into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, congratulations. Welcome back, Yale. Now you have a, <laughs> a super high-scoring Purdue team. I think uh, this this um, Purdue team is... is um, the example again of that Big Ten thing that we see this year, where they're phenomenal offensively, but man, are they not good defensively? Um, unfortunately, I, I took a quick look at Yale, and I, I don't think Yale has the horses to uh, to do it this year. I don't think this is one of those years where we're going to see a great Ivy League team. Um, I think not playing last year really hurts for for teams like that. I really do. I think you know that extra year that they missed of experience and everything else. It's you, you can't just get that back those games um, so I think Purdue's going to win this one and I think they're going to win it going away and then have a very difficult matchup against Texas yeah I think the thing here is Yale has no size to match up with Zach Eady who is a 7-4 um, giant of a man and the other thing is too when he goes to the bench you have 6-10 uh, probably like 250-260 uh, Travion Williams off the bench um who is a talented big man in his own right, even though he's produced sixth man. So they have so much size. I don't think Yale uh, hangs here. Um, they, that, that's just, yeah, I, I think Purdue wins it going away. And I think if it's against Texas, I think Purdue presents an interesting matchup uh, just based off of Texas kind of lack of size. Um, whether Zach Eady. Well, I mean, it's 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 night and day. Yeah. It's it's you've got one of the best defensive teams in the country against one of the best offensive teams. In the and country. that's where I think we'll potentially see Purdue as an upset special. Is Ken Palm? Sure, they're they're I think I think top ten on offense, but they are actually outside of the hundred uh, on defensive metrics. So uh, just a team that, based off that alone, is it? It's tough to bet them going for far in this tournament. bottom uh the last pods here in the east region on the bottom we have number seven murray state at 30 and two uh facing the san francisco dons out of the west coast conference this is a this is definitely one that you want to mark and definitely one that you want to watch in the first round this is as good as of a 7-10 matchup as you'll see murray state's record is the reason that they're there you know they, they didn't maybe play the best schedule ever but you know murray state is is has been a team that has won games in the ncaa tournament they beat vanderbilt a bunch of years ago they beat uh, and they went on that run when they had john morant as well yeah, this this game should be an entertaining one. Murray State um, has Tevin Brown. Uh, he was a remaining player from the John Murray um, Murray State uh, John Morant from the uh, Murray State team. I think that was four years ago now. Um, Brown averaging uh, just under seventeen a game, uh, five and a half assists, uh, over a steal a game, uh, shoots thirty eight percent, thirty nine percent from three point range. Um, Murray State is very, very good, uh, over 55% uh, from inside the arc um, in the second half of the year since I think uh, I think it was Christmas. 
Um, but so yeah, they they are very good from inside the arc. Don't don't miss uh, a ton of shots. Um, and on the other end of things, you have San Francisco. Um, good matchup here. Another strong player in in um, Jamari Bouye. Uh, just averages under seventeen a game, thirty seven percent from three. So these are this. You, these are two teams, uh, two mid-major teams with marquee players who could carry it. I, I think this is going to be as good of a game as there is in the opening round. Yeah. As far as 7-10 games are concerned, the other 7-10 games have teams that are kind of underachieved a little bit. You have USC, who didn't necessarily finish that strong. Ohio State didn't finish that strong. Michigan State didn't finish that strong. You have Murray State, who did is a strong 7, is that they had a very good season, just didn't necessarily have a marquee win to, to buoy them um further uh to a lower seed and then san francisco just like like we said the west coast conference has been looking for that third team now it's a matter of okay you're in try and get a win here you know that would i think that would go a long way for the conference i think san francisco has to know that but san francisco has been competitive in their non-conference schedule even in games that they didn't necessarily win so i think they're they're going to be a tough out um i think this is just going to be a very very good game um, yeah, they put uh, both Kentucky teams that made the tournament uh, have a potential second-round matchup. I think that's what a lot of people want to see. But that said, I think you look at San Francisco and you look at, and I'm very happy to see that the WCC got their their um, three teams in. I think they've been pining for that for a little while. BYU is actually just on the outskirts themselves. Um, so they almost had four, but uh, BYU had too many bad losses earlier in the year. San Francisco, uh, I think, has been a really good team. They didn't have the um, signature wins that you would have liked to have seen in the, the WCC that would make me think that they're capable of making a big run or beating um, a team like Kentucky because I really don't, unfortunately, think they're capable of that. But I, I like them in this matchup against uh, Murray State. They're a very good defensive team. I watched them trap the hell out of Gonzaga, and they actually – after being down 20 against Gonzaga, made it a, a fairly close game down the stretch in the in the uh, WCC tournament by um, pressing and, and really getting up in, in uh, Gonzaga's grill. Um, they're a hardworking team and a good defensive team. Uh, they've got some veterans, so I, I think uh, they're very excited to be there, and I, I pick them in this matchup. Yeah, so then um, the uh, number 215 game, we have Kentucky. Um, and the number 15 seed out of New Jersey. Uh, all three, I don't want to say all three, because uh, Princeton just, they lost in the Ivy League final, but um, St. Peter's, the third Jersey school in, um, winning the uh, the MAC. Uh, Shaheen Holloway, Seton Hall grad, is their coach. He's a guy who I was hoping that if Kevin Willard goes anywhere, they bring Holloway over across the Seton Hall to bring him back home to coach us. Yeah, and he's turned out to be be quite a pretty good coach um that said i don't think that it's going to be enough against this kentucky team um very interesting thing about this kentucky team this year is um they've they've been a different team than cal's used to you know he's got his best players are not these one and done freshmen necessarily this year oscar shibway is 
is a 17 and 15, 17 points, 15 rebounds a game. Unquestionably the SEC player of the year. Um, just an absolute bull and, and, and very, very difficult to stop down low. They would have to get him in foul trouble to have a chance in either the, the uh, first or the second round. And I unfortunately just don't see it happening for St. Peter's. Um, not this year anyway. St. Peter's um, stat on them that I saw that is worth uh, noting. They are um, from two-point range. Opponents are shooting under 44% against them, um, which is top 15 in the country. Um, what makes that an interesting stat is Oscar Shibui averages 17, and he averages he's the top rebounder in the country at 15 a game so obviously a guy who's, who's gonna score inside scores a ton on the offensive boards when he is on the floor they eat, rebound offensively at a 48 percent clip which is obscene uh, i had mentioned it on the earlier pod about adama sonogo i think he was at a 36 percent clip on the offensive boards when he's on the floor Treeway, I mean, it's that's like Tim Duncan at Wake Forest type numbers. Um, what he's doing uh, for Kentucky. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the man controls the boards. It's 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 really wild to watch. Um, uh, another thing I would say is, if you look at Kentucky's schedule this year, they have um, they have I think six or seven losses, but um, but they're all two very very good teams, and. Um, They've lost to Tennessee twice, but they did beat Tennessee. They lost to Duke early in the season in a four-point game. And they lost to LSU by you know on the road, and they lost to Arkansas by two points on the road. And it you know came down to the last possession of the game. They they did have one bad loss, which was at Notre Dame. Uh, by they lost by four at Notre Dame, but Notre Dame made the tournament, and you're allowed a bad loss in the beginning of the season at a conference on the road. Um, I, I think. Uh, I didn't love how Kentucky finished the season in the tournament playing. Um, I think Cal would would probably uh, echo that sentiment. They didn't play great against Vanderbilt. They had to really sweat to get that game in the second half. They were down seven points with like 14 minutes to go um, in the second half to Vanderbilt, who's not a, a, a team they should be down to like that. Um, and then, you know, just didn't have the uh, the horses to, to eventually beat Tennessee um, in that tournament. So I, I think... They're a very strong number two seed, and I'm expecting them to win their first two games in the tournament. But, you know, we'll see what happens as they go on. I think the glaring thing here is with Kentucky, and you saw it in the game in the, the SEC final against against Tennessee. And you actually, to go further back to the game that you mentioned against Notre Dame, um, which they lost, it's when the three ball is not falling for Kentucky – they have a very, very tough time hanging around in games. Um, Chibwe can do so much, but the shooting performance of Ty Ty Washington against um, and Wheeler against Tennessee, you could tell their guard play is just not up to where where we're expecting it to be. Yeah, that, and that was a big problem for them in the SEC tournament. They had a lot of turnovers, and, and their guards got into foul trouble, which you don't usually see to that um, to that degree. Um, another big win I wanted to mention that they had this year was they blew Kansas out at Kansas. They beat Kansas by 20 points at Kansas this year. The guy that I actually look for that I think needs to have a big tournament for them is is Grady. Uh, he's a Davidson transfer, um, shoots 42% from three, but he's only averaging 11.5 points for, per game. 
Um, I just I expect a little bit more from him. Um, he's one of the guys. He actually plays, I think, the most minutes possibly for them. Um, but they really need him and his ability to hit from from distance in order to do something. I just he hasn't had the season I expected him to have when he transferred in from Davidson, being such a prolific scorer and shooter. Um, he just yeah. he he hasn't had the scoring numbers I expected from him. Sometimes it happens weirdly though for Cal teams, like guys who aren't big all season play well in the tournament, and suddenly they find themselves in the rotation and and uh, and seeing a lot more shots. Um, Ken Palm has Kentucky as the number three overall team in the country to, to, um, to give you a little bit of extra um, uh, motivation to uh, bet Kentucky. Uh, number four adjusted offense, number 27 adjusted defense. Um, that's that's pr- the number four adjusted offense in a conference that has three or four of the best defensive teams in the country. Yeah, I, like you like you had touched on earlier, this Kentucky team, um, they they have they have veteran players. It's uh, just more their guard play can be erratic when you consider they're they're at a key spot at the point guard with Ty Ty Washington is a is their freshman. So, um, but yeah, I, I like this Kentucky team. They're certainly very capable of even getting as far as the Final Four. Um, I'll say it again. I think the biggest thing to me in this region is. I think Baylor will actually have a tougher time in the top half of this region than will in the bottom. I think the bottom half of this region could really get blown up. It wouldn't even surprise me to even see Virginia Tech in the Elite Eight. Um, Purdue is very capable of going on a run despite uh, you know their defense not being necessarily up to snuff. Texas, you could see them there even though they go through their scoring droughts. Kentucky, you could see them there even though um, you know they they have had bad performances but Chuiba can uh, certainly carry through some, through some stretches so the bottom half I think could get could get mucky um, I think the big thing with Kentucky is just that that um, their first two games they should be able to win if it comes down to them playing a, a team like Texas or or a team like Purdue it could give them matchup problems either way um, I would actually rather play Texas if I were Kentucky than I would play Purdue because Purdue has the ability to run guys off the floor. And Kentucky, a team like that with a big guy, it's like that could be in a, uh, a little bit of a problem if the Purdue starts hitting a lot of threes. Um, but I, I'm, I'm expecting to see Kentucky in the Elite Eight out of the bottom half of this region. I, I do like Baylor in this region, but it's kind of predicated on – Sometimes you get different versions of Baylor. Um, they could look very ugly with Akinjo at the point guard. Um, personally, I like them when when Johan is is kind of playing point forward for them and lets Flagler kind of do his thing off ball, whether he's pulling up or you know driving to the hole. But um, yeah, I, I like Baylor, but I, it wouldn't surprise me to see Kentucky there either, or or even UCLA. UCLA. Um, um, Johnny Juzang, if he if he's hitting shots, he he could be very well the best. Player I just in this don't region, see Kentucky so. losing to a team I think is worse than Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. They haven't done that this season, so I don't really so I don't see that happening. Now that said, when you go to the other side of the bracket, I think there's two teams on the other side of the bracket that I would that I personally think are better than Kentucky, um, or at least I would say Baylor is equivalent, and I think UCLA even as a four seed is better than Kentucky. I think UCLA is the best team in this in this region and um, 
and if we if you want to, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I, I'm I think UCLA um, is going to be my pick to uh, make it to the Final Four out of this region. Yep, definitely, uh, Bill. Uh, that concludes things in the East region. Uh, we'll be back with the South and then the Midwest. Uh, hopefully, uh, everyone, you will join us there. Um, all right, that's all for now, Bill. <laughs>